Oh my goodness gracious, scorekeepers, we are back. It is another episode of your favorite podcast, The Score. And like notes on a staff, we are coming together to create harmony. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is the podcast that's all about classical music, opera, pop culture, seen through the perspective of three Black opera administrators. I am Rocky Jones, uh, EDI Director at Minnesota Opera, and of course, I am joined, as always, by my two fabulous co-hosts. First, of course, we have the luminous Lee Bynum, uh, the Chief Education Officer at Lincoln Center. Hello, Lee Bynum. How are you? Live and in person. It's Saturday night. Wait, that is not what I meant to say. I meant to do that differently. Yeah, I was going to say. But let's just roll with it. All right, that's fine. It's it's Friday afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) And happy belated birthday, sir. Thank you. How was your birthday? Did you do anything fun? It, you know, um, I think birthdays stop being fun at a certain point and start just kind of being you know do to do and this was definitely a little bit more on the do to do kind of side um but yeah some very nice things happened i got some nice gifts and had um a delightful meal so there are no complaints about that yeah just feeling old (laughs) (laughs) so do you have the thing since your your birthday is so close to valentine's day do you ever get like valentine's birthday presents or do you get like the two no i just get birthday presents oh hmm and how do you feel about that angry okay <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah, that's how I would feel. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> and of course, our other fabulous co-host, activist, artist, doula extraordinaire, the fabulous uh Paige Reynolds, aka Iawo Inawale. Hello. How are you doing? Hey, howdy. <laughs> How is your I'm- good i'm good i am i am uh sitting in you know the 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 afterglow of uh valentine's day Mm -hmm. followed by my my partner also has a one of my partners has a birthday right around valentine's day too yes they do just turned 30 Mm -hmm. so you know yeah i'm feeling good basking in enjoy so did they get valentine's birthday presents or did they get the two? Oh, they got the two they're okay. s- separate <laughs> separate present mm-hmm. y'all mm-hmm. poor aquariuses it's like the capricorns that's why they're so angry all the time <laughs> truly <laughs> like christmas truly. birthday presents <laughs> i didn't want to do that i didn't want to do that i was like you need you need to have a good valentine's day memory valentine's day gift and a good birthday memory birthday yes. gift yes so yes we did we did both good for you <laughs> good for you <laughs> well, well what did you do did you do anything special we did we did um for valentine's day we um had tacos especially uh birria tacos oh okay. yeah. uh-huh uh-huh um we both went to this we both had the same idea to go to this bakery and get some sweet treats. So we were like, we were 
uh, they were like, I went and got a little something sweet. And I was like, I went and got a little something sweet too. And <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Black Owned Bakery in St. Paul, the name is escaping me right now. Um, Ooh, okay, I want to go there. Yeah. Uh, oh, Marguerite. That's the name. Oh, I've, the name I've of never it. heard of it. Yes, it was, it was good. It Ooh, was good. okay. Mm-hmm. We'll have to check that out. Where is it? Highly recommend. It is, honestly, I don't remember. Okay. It wasn't really an area of St. Paul that I'm usually in or okay. have been in often. Yeah, so recommend it. Um, and then for their birthday, oh, I got a you know a couple gifts. I made a necklace, something that I had beaded. Aww. Um, I printed out a couple uh some photos of us and framed them. Uh and we did a clay, a clay a lesson, um, clay sculpting lesson at Mudluck Pottery Studio, Black woman-owned pottery studio in South Minneapolis. Oh, Uh, We have both been wanting to do lessons for a long time. So that's what we did for their birthday. Um, Yeah, we went to breakfast too. Ooh, it's it's very Patrick Swayze, Demi Moore, and Ghost. (laughs) (laughs) I'm here for it. That sounds like fun. (laughs) Oh, you know. No. Okay. It was cute. I may have, I may have. uh, Yeah, one of my gifts may have been so good that it made them cry, which maybe. I didn't expect that. I didn't expect that. But I was just like, also like, yes. (laughs) <laughs> okay romantic <laughs> look at you all know. right you love a boy over here <laughs> <laughs> well since this is our second episode of black history month we thought we'd get the whole family together for this episode so you may have heard <laughs> of the voice of i'm not even going to call this next person a guest because she's part of the family. (laughs) (laughs) Our uh, Minnesota Opera's Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion Coordinator, the person that makes this show run, who coordinates all of our guests, who makes sure that our calendar is updated and we know what we're doing and where we're supposed to be, and we could not do this show without her. And of course... On top of all of that is a world-class violinist, just a <laughs> genius <laughs> when it comes to the bows and the strings. Um, the fabulous, incredible Emily Amettenbrink. Hello, Emile. Welcome to the show. As Hello. If left, but... <laughs> Every time I get an intro from you, I feel like I should record it and take it with me. <laughs> well, it's true, though. <laughs> I tell no lies. <laughs> so how are you doing this week? How was your Valentine's Day? Did you do anything exciting? I had many rehearsals for <laughs> my craft. Um, it was actually a pretty busy day, um, but I have a partner, unlike it sounds Paige's beautiful partner in life, um, mm-hmm. who does not believe in celebrating holidays, like not a Christmas person, not a birthday person, just like it's just every day and we have like, to love each other every day. And No holidays at all. Mm-mm. No birthdays. Like if I say happy birthday to this human, he'll be like, whatever. 
<laughs> and that's just who he is and oh that's my fine <laughs> yeah and i you know i love this whole human so if that's mm-hmm. the what he wants that's what i will give him but and so i i have taught myself over the years of being with him to not expect anything on holidays but i did get a lovely phone call in the morning that started mm-hmm. with i love you which he did just for me i know because he wouldn't have done it for himself so that's just it touched my heart and then throughout the day he texted me little emojis of love and appreciation and and it was lovely and I really appreciate it because I knew it came from a place of him acknowledging who I was and what I wanted so yeah it was nice even though oh so much love Love. (laughs) (laughs) and what about you Rocky oh well um (laughs) (laughs) oh no well (laughs) i mean my grandmother passed away the night before valentine's day so kind of put a damper on the day yeah um but no i mean my my husband's job is making sure that everyone else gets beautiful valentines <laughs> um so he was off doing that until seven eight o'clock at night and then came back with a, a flower arrangement that my actual words when i walked into the kitchen and saw it were like jesus christ because it was just like as tall as me (laughs) (laughs) that sounds delightful yeah no it was super sweet (laughs) and gave me a very very sweet card and i had um since he you know works with plants i called the day before his workplace and said can you you know, create a beautiful arrangement for him and just leave it on his desk after he leaves for work today. So when he got there at like six o'clock in the morning on Valentine's Day, there was some pretty flowers and a card waiting for him. And just like, I know I'm not going to see you for like 15 hours, but I love you. And <laughs> here you go. Um, And yeah, and we just had like, you know, just kind of a regular dinner and just sort of sat on the couch together and just kind of watch tv for a couple of hours until it was just like okay we're all tired (laughs) and i've been crying a lot so let's go to bed and um yeah so that was valentine's day but you know bitter and sweet (laughs) um but i mean a wonderful thing did happen to me this week um as you all know, the the Lord has been testing me professionally and personally over these last couple of months, but I was able to secure the bag on Monday, and I got tickets to the Renaissance tour. Yeah! Ooh, extraordinary. Extraordinary. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. so excited. I've never been this excited. Like, when I got that 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 email that said, you have been selected... It was it was like I got into college, y'all. <laughs> it was amazing. It was incredible. And the best part is, is that one of my best, 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 best friends back home, like I had the idea, like, why don't we all try to get tickets to Minneapolis? And she also got selected. So we were nice. able to go in at the same time and get seven seats in the same section. And they're all going to fly out here. 
in July. Oh and like, oh, and like five days, and like we're gonna go to the Beyonce concert together, and like it's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be so dope. <laughs> you lucky dove. I know it's insane. It's incredible. It's insane. And like the tickets were like insanely expensive. I wonder if it's just because it's Minneapolis, but yes, I was thinking that. Yes. How, that... how much were those Club Renaissance tickets? For they were like eight hundred. But like I'm seeing for like Club Renaissance. Uh huh. But I'm seeing like two thousand mm-hmm. and other like in Chicago and Houston That's and New York and. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be in that Club Renaissance. Which I would do if I wasn't like <laughs> trying to shop for like seven people. <laughs> Several of whom on the group chat were like, "I don't have Beyonce money." Like Like outlaying fourteen thousand dollars is is like buying a a small car. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Truly, truly. Lord, I see what you've done for others. (laughs) I see what you've done for others. And I am believing you'll do it for me too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so like have you been selected or are you waiting for that email to tell you you've been selected or waitlisted waiting for waiting for email okay okay well i will i will yep. pray for you yep yeah but i also may have i may have messed up a little bit so i actually might be waiting for an email for uh new orleans oh okay new orleans well date. Well, rather than the Minneapolis date, that's that nice too. I mean, that would also be fun. Hello, hello. <laughs> so at this point, uh, uh, one of my partners is looking out for the Minneapolis tickets and is trying to get that, and then I'm gonna try to get us New Orleans. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I like that. We hope that works out. Because <laughs> yes. I will go to both. If we get both. I'll oh yeah. Both. Oh, one hundred percent. Oh yeah. One of the reasons that we wanted to to have you on the show, Emil, um, is because we needed to just have a quick little therapy session, much <laughs> like you and I did yes. the Monday after the Grammys. Um, mm-hmm. The four of us have not been together since then. <sighs> and I just feel like we need to talk about Beyonce not getting her things again. <laughs> the... <laughs> <laughs> the audacity like i'm just it it floors me even the audience was confused yeah, mm. yeah. everyone and the winners were confused the people who won <laughs> were confused they were like right. are you sure you read the not confused enough because not, my mm-hmm. i would have got up there and gave that award right to beyonce yeah, <laughs> yeah. Per- precisely well harry Styles sounded very confused when he was like people like me don't even usually get these awards i'm like oh wow this confusion is running deep because i feel like <laughs> people like you get the award every year so it was like I, how did he had the nerve to go up there and make it worse no mm-hmm. he he truly did and i also will say um diana ross of Diana Ross and the Supremes of having created the original blueprint for a pop star continues her streak of not having a Grammy after losing to Michael Buble. And it's one of those things that you, you can't even be mad about Beyonce not winning without connecting it to the original Beyonce still Mm -hmm. not having a Grammy. It's like, what do you have to do? to get a Grammy, right? To borrow from Lauren Hill, tell me who I have to be 
to get mm. some reciprocity. Like Diana Ross is like, go ahead and invent the concept of the pop star for all of you and to mm. do it in an exemplary fashion. And then please don't give me my flowers. Just just let me dangle in the wind. Not that she's dangling. I mean, she's obviously like one of the biggest stars who's ever existed. But the point remains, like it's so hard to take some of these award shows seriously when it feels like they're playing reindeer games. Like I I don't understand the shenanigans. Like I swear I don't. And that's exactly what Rocky said the morning that we spoke after the Grammys. You were like, we just need our own award show. Uh, Clearly Mm -hmm. the Grammys are not something to be revered anymore. I think if you ask any black woman, femme, person of a marginalized gender in particular, who has become excellent at anything, you know that there will pe- are people who do not like you simply because you are excellent at something. Mm-hmm. And like, that's it. Like, that's it. They literally are like, they're jealous. People, people are jealous of Beyonce. White men in particular, they are jealous. People are mad. <laughs> they are jealous. <laughs> They are like, I just, I I cannot, they're not going to say the, in these words, but they were like, I, they're refused to acknowledge a black woman being the best at something and the best to, to ever do it at that. Like they, they just, they can't do it. They can't do it. It's just like <laughs> they, and we've all encountered people who are like that. Yes. who are simply they're 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 not interested in you know actually acknowledging your skill or your merits like it's sad and it's angering but also in a way like remembering that gives me like a little bit of peace because it's like oh, okay you gotta remember there's like absolutely there's actually like nothing wrong with us at all there's not like there's never anything <laughs> wrong with us. It is like typical hateration. Yes. Just happening at really high levels, unfortunately. But it is old school hateration. They like people are literally, people are literally not voting for her because she is the best. Like they're literally going and saying, like, Actually, she gets too much recognition already. They're like, she gets Mm -hmm. too much recognition already and I need to knock her down a little bit. We can't give her this too. We can't let her have this too, even though she deserves it. We can't let her have this too. We got to knock her down a a notch. I felt that way about how she got just enough Grammys to get her that milestone that we knew. Mm -hmm. And she was nominated for so many more than that. But they they were like, okay, okay, well, let it felt manipulated. It felt like we're going to let her get this one or that that will get her to this milestone that everybody sees coming. But then let's not, let's not let her act actually show her shine in the fact that there, she should have gotten like five, six more than that. And, and blown it out of the water, which we all know is true, but it didn't happen because it was like, all right, we'll give her this, but we're not going to give her this other thing. 
we're not going to actually give her her due. We're just going to like put this in the corner over here. Okay. You can have that one. And then it felt, I, I was, I only saw bits and pieces cause I refused to watch. Cause I knew somewhere in me, I was like, Ugh, I can't. And seeing the results, I was just like, all right. Yeah. That sounds about you guys figured it out for yourselves. If we're being honest, like I truly feel Lemonade was truly album of the year in my mm -hmm. mind. Mm -hmm. Even Homecoming, even Homecoming, once she released that recording, album of the year. And I also think people don't even give that recording enough credit because for a live recording, it's excellent. She caught so many elements of the live performance that like made it what it was that like, you know, she kept the soul of the performance like from recording to anyway, I could go on and on. Black is King to me also could have been an, uh, a more highly awarded project. It is, I go back and it still sounds fresh. It still sounds innovative. And then this one, we all know the impact of Renaissance. Yes. So yes. They're, they're like really playing in her face. There are two things that I keep thinking about this. Um, one is very cynical and I, I think one is a little bit more pragmatic. The But they both sort of hinge on this theme of anytime I'm watching, or I don't watch award shows either, but anytime I'm kind of like thinking about award shows or even, um, competition shows like reality competition shows I always try to before getting to a place where I'm, I'm like fighting with my friends about why this person or that person should not have won RuPaul's Drag Race it's always <laughs> like think about who's giving the award and what the award actually is right like what they actually get on the other end mm -hmm. and in terms of thinking about the academy that's giving away the Grammys the fact that Beyonce has you know, taking this move towards completely self-producing everything, I, I think to something that is meant to represent the industry, the machinery of the industry, I think that's always going to be a challenge, right? In terms of they are no longer awarding themselves a prize, right? And when you're thinking about like some of these big prizes at any of these award shows, like the biggest prize are usually going to the producers, not even any artist, mm -hmm. right? So even thinking about that relative to why it's one person is going to show up and one person is not. I think that's something else to add to the the mix of misogynoir, which I think is is clearly the biggest culprit. But all of the other factors, I I think this is also one of those things that hurts a lot of independent artists and artists who are just choosing to be independent of the machinery of of you know the the music industry. And then I think this the second piece of we have award shows like we you know those of us who are melanated and from certain communities and i i think it probably wouldn't hurt to have other kinds of award shows and in other genres you've been seeing them come up like the i think they were called the antonio awards like a, a black version of the tonys that popped up a few seasons ago um i think there's a way that it will never feel satisfying to us, because even as we become a bigger percentage of the population, we are not necessarily becoming a bigger percentage of the block of voters within mm -hmm. these academies. And these award shows just don't represent us, right? And to that point about, you know, that elder person who was like, you know, I'm supposed to vote for Beyonce. Um, 
I, I really do think that there's also that piece of it, like a, a true way that they are in touch with something that we're just not, right? And, you know, I was thinking about this relative, like Samara Joy winning Best New Artist. And I was kind of over the moon about it because I saw her on the Jennifer Hudson show mm-hmm. and she, she just can sing, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, now she it, slays. It, yes and and like in this moment where it feels like people are out here giving away you know um recording contracts they they like hear people like oh god you sound horrible let me give you a record deal real quick like the the fact that samara joy comes out and she's like singing for real that to me like simultaneously signaled there is hope for the grammys and again there's probably something that in that is reflecting who they're in touch with and who they're not because i think if there was any kind of popular choice any number of other people would have won over her and certainly not to say that they're more deserving like i'm i'm not (laughs) intimating that in any way shape or form i think it's just a reflection of like the grammys aren't for us and the if there is a scam going on in america it's that any of us is being represented by any of these big award shows. And I'm going to stop right here because I feel like in a month, those Oscars are going to do something that are going to make me mad. Hmm. And I'm going to have to save the rest of this conversation. I'm saying this now for people who are voting. So help me do not have me in a position next month where I'm out here talking about why Angela Bassett did not win. That is not going to go over well for anybody anywhere because i'm going to be a different kind of mad so oh lord think about what y'all are doing if you're voting for the oscars and, and don't put me in a situation but we bring up an interesting point because the the grammys the academy sent out a bunch of invitations for new voting members this year and made a big to do about how the next generation of voting members of the academy and the expanding the the diversity within the academy of voters and who those people are and what they look like and they made a big to do it was all over my facebook page i had friends who were asked because they were nominated for something in the past that was part of another project and so i it, they gave the impression that things were going to change that they were making an active pursuit of change within the voting members and then to have the awards show that they did and the awards that they gave out was just like, Oh, that again was just like a little performative thing you did to make us all feel better for a second. It's hard not to feel that way. Right. And and I was actually thinking about all of that, both relative to the, to the Grammys sort of, opening that space up and um a couple of the other academies or guilds doing the same thing like really trying to making a point of diversifying its ranks of, of voters and nominators right and I, I think the the four of us may have an understanding of how much work has to go into being able to change the apparatus of a thing so that underrepresented people are showing up in ways that you know, we can actually bring about some kind of substantive change because, you know, there's the performativity piece of it. And then there's also the the ways that sometimes because you're not changing enough, it's just not enough to actually shift anything in any way that we're going to feel it. Like all of us have worked in these spaces and have some sense of like 
you actually have to move around a lot of things and still go on a campaign of literally trying to change people's minds to make sure that they are making the appropriate amount of space for us to be able to have some of this change appear legible. And it's, you know, it's very frustrating, even as I know well enough to know that like this stuff takes time to be able to see the change, but it just really felt like it, it was just so weird this year where, where literally everybody in the world, like even more so than with Homecoming or Lemonade, it felt like this really did break mm-hmm. through as an album. Everybody mm-hmm. was listening to it, right? Everybody was doing that stupid dance literally everywhere. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> when it came down to acknowledge that we were all participating in this Beyonce project, they were like, no, here's an album that none of you have probably listened to. And this was the best album of the year. And you can't say anything about it. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's really what it felt like to me. And I, like I the man literally it. was singing off key in his Grammy performance. Thank you for bringing that up because, yeah, the performance okay. too. Because I had colleagues, friends, people who I would consider friends, say to me, "Oh, but the, he's such a great performer." And then I was like, "But." really like have you seen a beyonce like (laughs) 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 Like, are we talking about the same reality i just no we're not we're not we're really not all those years of prancing around singing crazy in love and stilettos (laughs) spinning around fifty thousand eleven times in high heel shoes during these music tributes for us to say Harry, stop! What? No. The lady from two two seven saying Beyonce Snows. No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, on the plus side of the ledger, because I I do feel like I really want to acknowledge um, Latanya Moore and Angel Blue, Will Liverman, and the cast of Fire Shut Up in My Bones, because I I very much appreciated seeing that. I also love Viola Davis and love that she has slid into this EGOT space. We talk a lot about Mm -hmm. this concept of the EGOT, but the number of folks who have achieved all four of those things for performances, right? Not sometimes producing or writing, obviously no shade to anybody with an EGOT. Right. But, you know, I do want to acknowledge that that Viola was like, no, I'm I'm just actually talented and dominant. And (laughs) um, Into the Woods, the revival winning uh, best Broadway soundtrack. As a lifelong Sondheim fan, the fact that this production had a plethora of people of color in the cast, I, I didn't know that I was going to ever live long enough to see a Sondheim show with multiple people of color in it. I like that yes. it got this acknowledgement. And um, Samuel, our very own Samuel Phillips, his aunt is in the cast. Of oh. oh, cool. Into the I didn't Woods. Know that. Um, I didn't either until I started being nosy. So, um, you know, <laughs> we all will bask in the glow of a couple of these wins that were very deserving and, you know, lots of other people getting awards that they And, and Lizzo. Really we have deserved. to acknowledge Lizzo. We have to oh, acknowledge yes. Lizzo. Yeah. Oh, right. We can be mad about one and celebrate the other at the same time. Right. Yes. Well, and I appreciate, I will say that I appreciated the, the angle, the, hip-hop celebration the that went out on stage like that was beautiful to watch pieces of after the fact it was just um 
the one moment that I had been, you know, I was looking forward to this event for Beyonce and for all of us to watch. And it was a bit underwhelming in that particular light. But yeah, the performances were were really fun yeah, for a large 100%. But I just, the thing that just gets me is that like, it, the message that I'm 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 getting just sort of loud and clear is that like you can have some moments, but you don't get to have the moment. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like that's the thing that like by every like literally every critic, every magazine has was saying Renaissance is the the album of the year. And I listened to it and as we talked about on the show, like, you know, as somebody who is black and queer, I it felt like I was getting a great big old hug (laughs) and like that everyone was like seeing and acknowledging just the incredible artistry of our community and that it wasn't being appropriated, but it was being celebrated by Beyonce in this really like beautiful, loving, respectful way. And everyone was seeing it and hearing it and then just not be able to have that moment where we just, like you said, Lee, like just acknowledge the objective reality <laughs> of what's yes. happening in the world was very jarring and it was just sort of like yeah no you don't get it was it was just felt very gaslighty um and also just <laughs> and say, was this the album of the year mm. <laughs> no 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 harry styles was actually the album of the year was... yeah <laughs> Oh, all just mass <laughs> gaslit. Like, okay, <laughs> cool. I okay. I guess. Um, let me adjust my expectations, my experience of the reality I'm living in. But I also just want to say, um, to whoever is producing the Grammys, do not ever do those segments with the fans talking about the nominees oh, for no. album of the year ever again. Thank you. Thank that you. was insane. <laughs> that was wild like, I didn't see any of that what was wild about oh it? <laughs> my goodness so they had this like table of people who were like super fans of each of the people like nominated for album of the year and so it would be like this woman um, sitting there and she's, she's like you know I was at Kendrick Lamar's first show and I have always just looked up to him and his music just speaks to me and then I was in an accident and I lost the use of my legs and Kendrick Lamar like um, sponsored a GoFundMe to get a new mobility device and so he is just an amazing artist and he is an amazing human being and I love him so much and then this guy next to her is like um no actually Coldplay should win album of the year <laughs> <laughs> oh this sounds chaotic <laughs> so many reasons because you think they would have picked better people individual you know like if you have the time to go talk to super fans you would pick people who'd be good representatives and in some ways they did and in other ways it was like oh why oh mm. (laughs) (laughs) and it was like especially like the people of color like talking very passionately about like Beyonce and Lizzo and representation Bad Bunny 
like you know how like these albums made them feel seen and heard and then like well actually I was on the touring production of Mamma Mia and ABBA should win what is going on <laughs> wow <laughs> well I could sit here and talk about the scammies with y'all all day um but we have more delightful things we have all sorts of things for you today um as i sort of mentioned earlier um paige and i took a trip to detroit at the end of january um to go to sphinx connect which is the convention for the sphinx organization and we want to talk to everyone about it so we will be right back um with a discussion about sphinx and we are back so just really quick we wanted to just have a quick chat about this exciting trip that Paige and I took to their hometown Detroit I learned lots of things that uh journey is incorrect that South Detroit is not a thing it is not. Did not know that. Thank you for that knowledge. But we were there um, for, as I mentioned earlier, we were there for um, the uh, Sphinx Connect 2023, which is a conference put on by the Sphinx organization um, that unites uh, Black and Brown uh orchestra musicians, singers, arts administrators from around the country to talk about uh, the issues of the day um, and to enjoy um, some wonderful music as well at the same time. And Emil, I know you've had a lot of, you've done a lot of work with the Sphinx organization over the years. So could you just give our listeners who might not know just a little sort of overview about who they are and what they do? Yes, I can. I can tell you all about Sphinx. So Sphinx was <laughs> um, started by a colleague of mine back in, um, I was in undergrad. He was in grad school, if I'm saying that correctly. Aaron Dworkin um, went to the University of Michigan and he wanted, I think it was kind of a, when I knew him then, it wasn't a clear idea of, of course, what it is now, 25 years later. But um, at the time he created what started as a competition for young string players of the African-American and Latin X variety um, to, because he had this vision of expanding the diversity in the classical arts and especially in orchestral stages because he felt as a violinist of color, very um, isolated as one does in the classical field. So he started with this competition. There was a junior and a senior division. And for the first few years, that's all that it was. Then he got this, what I think was just the best idea in the whole wide world. And the thing that makes me so happy every year to be a part of was, was that, wouldn't it be great if these young people who are in the finals of this competition that we've created to be able to perform their orchestral concerto works with a orchestra of their peers? meaning a completely black and brown orchestra, which of course, then he called all his buddies um, who were dispersed amongst symphony orchestras one by one 
and said, wouldn't it be great if you guys could come together and make this orchestra? And then these young people would have an orchestra that looks like them to play with. And we all said, yes, absolutely. Let's do this. Tell me what weekend. Um, and that it has grown from there into many things. So now what exists years and years later is um, multiple education divisions where um, us on the professional level will come in and there's a summer camp and a conference and different educational programs that go out into school all over Detroit, but also even farther out than that, there's a yearly competition, still a senior and junior division, but there's also a conference that happens once a year in Detroit, which is what y'all went to, um, that for us who've been members of Sphinx throughout the years, it's like a family reunion. Uh, Sphinx calls itself La Familia for those of us who've been in the organization from the beginning. It is a chance to fill ourselves up with the black and brown love of the classical music space and the art space um, and get reconnected. It's a networking weekend. There are tons of speakers and talks about different parts of the fields and what's going on and how to do things differently. Um, we invite symphony orchestras to bring uh, representatives to the conference so that they can hear young musicians play. There's a uh, orchestral excerpt competition that then creates a list that orchestras can listen to and choose from to have as subs. There's a, a performing ensemble, which I've been a part of for years called Sphinx um, Virtuosi, which is mostly a, a group of people who have been in the finals or have won the competition at some point in the past who perform as a chamber ensemble of string players. Um, it's a rad organization and a really good time. And I can't wait to hear what y'all felt about the weekend and your time there. Yeah, we had a good old time, didn't we? <laughs> we really did. We really did. And I I appreciate so much that uh that Sphinx is in Detroit as mm -hmm. well. Like I don't know. It just felt it felt it felt appropriate. <laughs> to hold uh, as a yes. place to like hold the spirit of something like sphinx like yep it was yeah yeah i don't even i don't, I don't even know know where to start and i think like one thing i, I do want to comment on is just how special the concert was yes for me like and and what you said about like them getting to perform with an orchestra that looks like them, <sighs> that was the part that just like touched my heart and like honestly had me like shedding a couple tears. Like it was just so beautiful. Like my uh my heart feels like expansive now just thinking about it to just look at that stage full of black, brown, Asian, all people of the global majority. Like, it was just like, oh, this is how it should look. It made my heart so full. Like, oh my gosh, it was, and I told Rafi, I was like, if the orchestra looked like this, I would have season tickets, period. Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> period. It would be, it would, it would be a regular thing that we do. Like, it, it, it made it just so much richer for me. Ugh. 
Yeah, and it feels could... that way on stage too. Like as yeah. performers, yeah, it's imagine. the first time in our lives that we've been able to look across and hear across the section and, and see things that look like us and not feel like a minority. And it's, it is that special that we all give up our professional lives for <laughs> so we can be a part of it. <laughs> but it was also like being able to look around the audience and look at everyone around yes, us and also yes. see that and feel that. Because like when those performers came out and like, I, I mean, like I felt like I was at the finals of like American Idol or something. Like right. it was... <laughs> my heart was beating and, like out of my chest <laughs> I was like like just everything was just like vibrating the whole room and then when um the woman who eventually won um oh god her name is on the tip of my tongue in Gioma uh, Grievous yes yes um is when she, she... Get that right? it might be a different I knew it was an Ebo name. It's a Nigerian <laughs> name. Um, but when she came <laughs> out and the whole audience just went up, mm-hmm. like it was incredible. And it was it was one of those moments like hearing her play so brilliantly, so beautifully, like I like like it was it was like she was in co- like conversation with the orchestra but it was like a like a real juicy conversation that you're like girl what and then she said what and then he said what <laughs> like it, it felt like she was like playing the blues like it just and she just I mean her dress was so gorgeous she was so gorgeous like like <laughs> and and to just be like surrounded by us and she comes out and and like people are just like go you you better sparkle yes <laughs> <laughs> the one person at the end who was like you go girl <laughs> and it was just like i love us oh my gosh and then you know and i just i can only imagine what it would be like to be a little kid sitting in the audience because there were lots of kids who were there Mm -hmm. and to see her do that um to play just so just virtuosically is just I mean it's just it's life-changing it's one of those things that's just life-changing it it makes me remember you know being nine and seeing Jesse Norman sing at the Kennedy Center Mm -hmm. and like those are the moments that really change your life and to mm-hmm. to witness that was just like it was awe inspiring, really. And I don't I don't say that lightly. I'm not being hyperbolic. Yeah. It really was. Yeah, I mean, like we were like clutching each other by the end of that performance. Yeah, <laughs> we <were> like so. <laughs> I say I was leaned forward in my seat, just full body and being just engaged in the performance, just. Oh, and everyone was like that too. Yes. I I love I love sitting in an audience of us because of how we watch. <laughs> 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 and how we experience things. Like we got to let it show in our body somehow. You could mm-hmm. almost feel the moment where everyone knew that <laughs> that she was going to probably going to win yes. as well. I was just I mean there uh, was no doubt. Like there would have been <sighs> it would have been a scene. If she did yeah. had not won. Um, I was like, imagine if like it was always that exciting. Mm-hmm. Like being like if you could always like 
if it was always that exciting, you could always feel like you could be your whole self like that at the orchestra. Didn't it feel differently to be in that audience? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. they give a bunch of t- tickets away to the local schools and the inner city Detroit schools in particular. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a, it's a, there's an electricity in the audience that's different mm-hmm. and, and so joyful that, and very, it, I mean, they're loud, but they're not, we still get to be classical music performers in, in the space that, you know, it wasn't rowdy, but it was, yes, it was actually, but only in the moments that were appropriate for it. And it just, it feels so good to be able to, like you said, be your whole self mm-hmm. yeah, and not have to like put a piece of it in the corner outside or, you know, save that for when I'm with my <laughs> black friends <laughs> so yeah it's it's a vibe and yeah it I every year that I go I always tell people I come back feeling like somebody gave me a, a an injection of or, or like an, an IV of everything <laughs> I needed for the year like we fill up in that weekend and then go back to mm-hmm. our lives elsewhere yeah I can see that what uh we took from the conference too in some of those sessions and i know i know i have some favorites rocky boy yeah i mean well first of all it was really lovely to reconnect with some friends and friends of the pod we got to see alex lang uh we got to see garrett mcqueen Mm -hmm. um a couple of other people like i got to meet afton battle and that was amazing She was so nice, even though, like, I kind of caught her in a moment where she was going from one place to the other. (laughs) Um, But she was so nice and stopped, and and we had a nice chat. Um, Sat in on some really great sessions, one in particular about pay equity um, that featured um, the board chair of Minnesota Opera, Nadege Souvenir, um, which was really enlightening. Um, You know, a couple of, of... uh, or one that was called um, Stopping the Musical Chairs, which is something that really touched, resonated with me. You know, we've got all of these Black and Brown folks now who are in leadership positions in classical music and opera companies who are just sort of leaving after a couple of years. Um, and what is it that, you know, companies need to do um, in order to sort of stop this game of sort of musical chairs? Um, what does real equity, what does real inclusion look like um, in these spaces? Um, but yeah, I mean, I I think just being able to also, oh, oh, and of course, how could I forget? We got to meet Michael R. Jackson. Yes. <laughs> Which yes. was Just insane. the Pulitzer winning <laughs> Michael R. Jackson who wrote the big black queer musical that we all love a strange loop i was just screaming internally i mean and i and i (laughs) i went up to him and i was like so hey we should be best friends and we were like and i was like no we should be best friends no but actually (laughs) (laughs) um but you know could not be nicer it was so lovely took a picture with us and you know, just had so many insightful, witty, 
wonderful things to say. And I just kind of feel like I'm kind of living my Broadway dreams vicariously <laughs> through, <laughs> through him. Um, and just like seeing his success is just amazing. Like, I mean, we have so much in common. It's insane. yeah every little bit of your story or so much of the story that he gave from the love of soap operas to (laughs) (laughs) like lee i don't know if you know he had considered going to columbia um but then got up there and and very quickly realized that he needed to go to NYU and (laughs) (laughs) and my experience was I quickly realized I should have gone to NYU but didn't I I stayed around (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah so that was amazing but what was impactful for you Iyawa yeah I think I really enjoyed I think first some of the panels that I went to that had disciplines that I just haven't heard from as much Mm -hmm. like especially composers like I really enjoyed hearing from composers and not and specifically composers who are also it sounds like experimenting and doing a lot of like cross-disciplinary work um so you know I was one uh session I was listening to you know they were just even talking about how music is notated like it does if you think about it the job of a composer is to you know convey (laughs) sound music and that doesn't necessarily have to happen on a traditional staff or what we think of as a staff and that even that was like (laughs) I was like whoa like and how do you especially there's so many things about, of course, like cultural expression or different types of music that just don't fit into like that traditional notation, Western notation anyway. So I was like, oh, wait, that actually sounds really huge. Like, how do you like convey sound in a way that is maybe more authentic? uh how do you play with that so that was that was just cool to think about and you know um kind of got the got the wheels turning uh in my mind and I'm also that makes me excited for like future future generations and um feels related to conversations we heard about expanding even what we mean of classical music um I know of course Garrett uh we've talked to him about that and you know it was brought up again on um in some of the sessions and I also enjoyed hearing people talk about I didn't get to see all of this panel but uh like archival kind of work and and what is available to us as researchers or, you know, or even just, you know, the idea that you can be a researcher, you know, or go back and have, you know, you can have access. There's access to different types of historical records, people's old journals, notes, newspapers, letters, da 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 da, da you know, to help us excavate, like, untold stories uh, and just, like, different different ways to to do that and to do it authentically, you know, with, with integrity, with integrity as well. But yeah, it was, 
I I really enjoyed, I think, most of the things that were talking about like process, like people's mm. process. I was thinking about like process a lot differently by by the end of it. Um yeah. Well, one thing we also got to do while we were in Detroit is I got to meet Paige's whole family. (laughs) (laughs) You sure did. Shout out to the Reynoldses. (laughs) (laughs) We had so much fun. Like, your family's dope. Like, (laughs) so fun. So I felt like one one of the family... Um, oh, they thought you were great too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we got to have some classy soul food at Savannah Blue, which I forgot to write a review. We promised the chef we would write a review. Everybody go to Savannah Blue. It was delicious. I had the catfish and the greens and the candied yams, and it was all delicious. Mm. Everything mm-hmm. was fire. Yes. And you know, soul food is done right and seasoned correctly when it tastes even better the next day oh i didn't have i because i ate all of mine okay because it was that good that was, it was that good y'all mm-hmm. it was a lot of catfish <laughs> I, had a leftover. I had a little bit left over of everything like the catfish the candy yams and the greens and some of the spices had just set in some more and kind of gotten in there and wow yeah 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 go to savannah blue yeah here in detroit yeah yeah they did that (laughs) they they did that they did that and we took the people mover to get there (laughs) 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 which like it 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 feels like you're like a little tiny toy train going like through gotham city (laughs) in a snow globe because it was snowing it was quite picturesque it was quite picturesque it was it was it It really was but detroit was an amazing time yes go get you some food savannah blue um go check out um some of the incredible historic sites that are there i mean detroit had just such an just outsized influence on just the music that we listened to uh it's an incredible historical city um the next day um Paige's sister Dico was able to take us around and show us United Sound Studio and we went to Hitsville and we went to mm-hmm. Barry Gordy's mansion we saw where Aretha <laughs> got all her furs the elegance the opulence <laughs> the extravagance yes eleganza yes <laughs> what was it called Dietrich Furs Dietrich Furs yes mm-hmm. absolutely um so an amazing time was had by all. Just want to thank everybody. Want to thank Detroit. Want to thank the Reynolds. Want to thank Paige for showing me around. Um, and yeah, definitely we'll be back. Um, and we'll be back um, right after this with Pure Black Joy. And we are back, and it is time for our favorite segment of the week. Paige, are you ready? I'm ready. Uh, and a one, and a two, and a one, two, three, four. It's peanut butter jelly time, peanut butter jelly time, peanut butter jelly time, peanut butter jelly, peanut butter jelly, peanut butter jelly with a baseball bat, peanut butter jelly, peanut butter jelly, peanut butter jelly with a baseball bat. Hey. 
<laughs> it, was just a, it was just a little button this time <laughs> well i mean i think obviously we need to give rihanna her flowers yes yay i mean come on <laughs> i don't understand all these people that are hating like ah, she didn't dance enough she didn't blah, 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 blah. like Y'all, she was like pregnant 50 feet up in the air. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? It's about 13 minutes. Uh, she has given us a lot. She's been told us that she sells makeup and lingerie now. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we should accept it. She has two babies. <laughs> well, one baby, a baby on the way, a man, and a thriving makeup and lingerie business. This music. That is a very small piece of the pie. (laughs) (laughs) Also, she did twerk on stage, which is like all you really want to see. Yes. So I feel like we got what we wanted. Exactly. And when was Rihanna like a big choreo girl? Hello? When was she? What is is Rihanna's iconic choreography? Like (laughs) Beyonce has iconic choreography. Mary J. Blige has iconic choreography. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so stupid. Uh, (laughs) But no, Rihanna does not have iconic choreography. Like, it's all about the vibes with Rihanna. Right. Fashions, face. Fashions and vibes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. And Mm -hmm. face. Mm -hmm. So shout out to my Bayesian cousin. Love you. Who's next? I have a, a short little a short little plug for something that I'm super excited about. Um, there's a book coming out, I believe, on May 23rd called When Broadway Was Black. And it chronicles the story of the groundbreaking musical Shuffle Along um, that you may know. A particular song, Wild About Harry, comes from that. But it's a, a really interesting story um there actually was a musical about that musical that ran on broadway a few seasons ago with audra and mcdonald uh, brian stokes mitchell billy porter uh and uh brandon victor dixon which in and of itself is like an embarrassment of of riches just from the cast but it's a super interesting story about like the first big broadway hit by black people and featuring black people and it's by an African-American teacher and historian named Cassine Gaines, who has also written another book called Footnotes, the Black artist who rewrote the rules of the great white way. So I think we should support him. And he apparently also has another book coming out um, this spring um, called E.T., the Extraterrestrial, the Ultimate Visual History. I have a long history of not watching E.T. because it scared the four-year-old hell out of me when that I movie saw is scary. A it. it is very scary. Um, so even though I will not be reading the E.T. book, I will definitely dive into his other books. And congratulations to Mr. Gaines, and we wish him much success. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Who's next? I'll go next. Mine is also about people who be writing. Um, <laughs> my pure black joy is a book that is coming out that is an anthology of black writers writing about nature called a darker wilderness. 
I've been, I'm super excited to read it. It's a, a darker wilderness, black nature writings from soil to stars. Edited by Aaron Sharkey, who I know and is fantastic. And there are several other folks who I know who are in this, who, you know, are black writers from Minnesota, like Katie Robinson. They're amazing. Alexis Pauline Gums. Okay, she's not from Minnesota, but I just like stand her work as a black feminist, as an artist, as a human being. Uh uh someone I can call a friend. She's great. She's dope. So and also just it makes my heart happy to see this anthology of black nature writings. You know, if we haven't talked about it before, I'm 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 crunchy. I'm crunchy. I go hiking. <laughs> I go hiking. I like gardening. I like um kayaking. Um granola. Any like <laughs> so I feel seen by this anthology. Um I love that it's includes including like lots of black queer folks in there too. So I feel like knowing Erin also in her vision, like I'm probably gonna see all of us in there, you know, intergenerational queer folks, probably disabled folks as well, like the intersections just within blackness as well. So I'm so excited and congrats to everybody. And y'all should go get it. Go get the book. A darker wilderness. A darker All wilderness. All right. Yeah. They crunchy, y'all. Yeah. Shout out to crunchy, crunchy black folks. This one, this one's for us. <laughs> crunch, crunch, munch, munch. Yeah. Emil, do you have a pure black joy? Yeah. I'm gonna keep it local. Um, I get to perform with a really cool local um choir called Known. Um, and they're based out of North Minneapolis and they're headed up by a man named Cortland. I don't want to say his name wrong, Cortland Pickens. And I had the opportunity to have my first rehearsal with them last night. And it's a beautiful, beautiful group of young people with amazing voices who are really speaking truth to power. And in it's all inclusion, beautiful example of what we can do when we stop worrying about what things how things might fit into boxes and so i just think that he's doing everything right with that ensemble and those young people can teach us a lot and i'm so excited to get the chance to be on stage with a bunch of black and brown people who just decided one day that it's okay to be exactly who they are so i'm extremely excited about this weekend that's my pure black joy for the moment yeah. <laughs> loved how you put that that was that was really beautiful ah uh, well this was an episode y'all <laughs> <laughs> i'm so glad it was just a family it's like oh yeah family reunion <laughs> we <are> family. <laughs> and i hope everyone out there enjoyed the show as well if you did um, you could really do us a favor by leaving us a review, maybe with some words on Apple Podcasts or five stars. Five. I don't, no, 
None of this. <laughs> none of this four, three, two, one nonsense. Five. <laughs> and of course, subscribe on your favorite podcatcher of choice and tell all your little friends about us. It really helps um, get the word out. Um, and we'll be back in two weeks with Cal uh, Kalia Yang and Josephine Yang. And we'll be talking about um, the new opera. Um, that is premiering in March um, at Minnesota Opera called The Song Poet, which is the first opera um, to be sung in the Hmong language, which is super exciting. Um, and so we're going to talk to them all about that and that story and bringing that story to the stage. And um, I think that's it. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, contact us if you have any questions, thoughts. If Please... Feel free to still continue to um, send suggestions about my drag name. That would be exciting. <laughs> um, <laughs> the score at mnopera.org is that email address. And I think that's it. I think I'm done talking. So any words of wisdom, anybody, before we go for the people? Go see live music. That's a good one. Good one. Mm-hmm. And stay, stay in crunch. school and stay crunchy. <laughs> <laughs> Should that be the episode title? Stay crunchy. <laughs> I'm for it. All right, all right. Um, so that's it for us. We'll see you in two weeks. Bye.